The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Hi, this is Ryan Rushton. I'm here today with Clay Christensen in the first of a three-part series where we're going to be discussing principles from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, written by Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. He's the guy that built that hall, right? The exact one. That's the one. Uh, Doesn't that book- sound kind of funny? Like, it's how to be popular. <laughs> I sort <laughs> of feel like this is going to be title. a good high school podcast. It, it is an interesting title. Like, how to have more friends. <laughs> Vanessa, maybe you should be doing this. <laughs> people people that went with me to high school are going, Clay should not be doing this Do people podcast. know Vanessa's here recording this, too? <laughs> yeah. You should introduce her one well, of these podcasts. they do podcasts. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the book is near, uh, it's it's the near century old classic, uh, and there's two things that, that really I want to note about the book. Um, the first is that the concept concepts are really simple. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, they're almost obvious. Um, and the second one is that um, <laughs> we're really bad at most of them. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, I, I uh, and, and you get to some of the chapters and you think, okay, how are we going to spend a whole chapter on, on smiling? But mm-hmm. I, I, it, it, uh, it really is a simple concept. But, but here's the thing. Again, I, I jokingly talk about high school, but <laughs> Let's think about this one principle that I think is crucial to understand, and that is this. Relationships precede results, right? So so life is a team sport, right? I get that's kind of a a cliche, but but it's sort of the concept behind leadership and self-deception. It's crucial in life that we learn to develop relationships with people who will love you and will risk their lives on the field of battle for you, right? I mean, think about how important that is mm-hmm. as a as an administrator, as a DON, as, as a leader in any capacity. If you can be really good at developing these relationships with people – when you, when you care about the ones that you work with and they know that they're willing to stick harder things out with you. Mm-hmm. And and for this and, and other reasons, you know, that this whole principle that I want to make sure we understand, relationships precede results. And so we need to be better at relationships. And that's sort of what this book attacks. Okay. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into the book. Uh, one of the points that I notice he really emphasizes is, is not to criticize, condemn, or complain. Um, so it sounds nice, but uh, you know, aren't, aren't we supposed to hold people accountable? And, and if we do, doesn't that require some amount of criticism and some condemnation? Right. No, that's true. And, and we can't ignore the things that, that people need to fix. But, but here's the thing. Part of accountability is positive accountability. I know we've talked about this in other podcasts. It, it's, it's in fact the crucial part. We, we fail to hold people accountable specifically for the things that they're doing right every day. Hmm. He, 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 uh, and it's partially because it's, it's in our mindset when we go out and we're looking at things and especially as a leader, 
we sort of are drawn to the things that are going wrong. Mm-hmm. He, he points this out. This is a quote from the book. He says, an animal rewarded for good behavior will learn much more rapidly and retain what it learns far more effectively than an animal punished for bad behavior. It's, it's in our nature to thirst for approval, and, and we hate condemnation. Now, there are people out there, some of you out there, some of you listeners right now are, are laughing because you know you've been in my trainings, and, <laughs> and, and you say you don't care what other people think about them. I, I, right, uh, I've, heard that. I've heard plenty of people say that, yeah. Yeah, I just, I honestly, I don't believe them. I, I mm-hmm. think it's human nature. I, uh, you know, it's funny. Those same people I've seen get sort of distraught when they receive an email from leadership telling them things they need to get better. And I think, hey, mm. you said you didn't care about what people <laughs> think about you. But I, but I won't get into that. Here, here's here's what I want to say. I'm, I'm going to get Ben Franklin to back me. He okay. said, he said, I will speak ill of no man and speak all the good I know of everybody. Right. But that's that's hard for us. We sort of naturally condemn each other. And and sometimes we don't realize we're doing it, but we do. Instead of condemning people, we should work harder to try and understand them and and try to figure out why they do what they do. Okay, like No, that's good. That makes sense to me. I definitely need to work on finding the positive, specific things. Specific um, positive yeah, that's things, right. not just, hey, you're doing such right. a great job. That's, that generalized positivity doesn't have near the impact of, of finding very specific things to, yeah. to be positive about. Yeah. Um, and really and really learn to shine a light on those things. Um, exactly. So then he says it's important to give honest and sincere appreciation. Um, and that seems kind of obvious, right? right. To, be, to be grateful. Yeah, be grateful. Yeah. But I, I don't think we realize how important it is to show genuine appreciation. Um, Dr. John Dewey, he quotes him in this book, it says, said that the deepest urge of human nature is the desire to be important. And I, and some people listening may think, well, I don't need to be important, but, mm-hmm. but we need to feel like we matter to someone. We need to feel like we are important to someone. Everyone likes a compliment to be appreciated. We, we crave it here. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting quote from, uh, Charles Schwab, you you probably deposit your two cent checks to I, Charles I have, Schwab I have heard or something. Of Charles Schwab, and they've gotten a number of my two cent checks. Yeah. So so Charles Schwab said this. He said, "I consider my ability to arouse enthusiasm among my people the greatest asset I possess, and the way to develop the best that is in a person is by appreciation and encouragement." There is nothing else that so kills the ambitions of a person as criticisms from superiors. I never criticize anyone, he says. He says, I believe in giving a person incentive to work, so I'm anxious to praise but loathe to find fault. I am hearty in my approbation and lavish in my praise. Okay, so if I understand this right, we're just supposed to be constantly praising each other. I like this program, Claire. Yeah, that sounds a little bit dangerous, right? That's, and and I don't know. I, I think that's slightly misunderstanding it. We can't ignore the things that need to be improved. We must help people overcome them. But but just as a caution, he's not telling us to be flatterers. 
right? He's okay. he's flattery is different. Okay. In fact, he he says that flattery is telling the other person precisely what they think about themselves. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way. Hmm. Fla- I'll say that again. Flattery is telling the other person precisely what they think <laughs> about themselves. Okay. <laughs> right? You're kind of feeding the beast. Yeah, that's you're a good you're giving them what they want to hear. Uh, there there's a Mexican general that that I had never heard of that he quoted as saying, "Don't be afraid of enemies who attack you. Be afraid of friends." who flatter you, <laughs> right? It's kind of, good, kind of good advice. That's a good but, but we're not looking to flatter. We're looking to be better at finding and highlighting the good that people do around us. Okay. So sincere appreciation, not fake appreciation. Right. Um, I, I think we've all kind of seen and felt the difference when, when we experience it. Um, so he talks about the six things that you can do to make people like you. That's right. Um, this sounds like, <laughs> this sounds like, like now we're going to talk about how to be popular. Yeah, And it sounds like a, a book for high school students on, on that particular note, Clay. Right. <laughs> so uh, number one, um, become genuinely interested in other people. Right. Uh, number two, smile. Uh, number three, remember a person's name. <laughs> number four, be a good listener and encourage people to talk about themselves. Uh, number five, talk in terms of other people's interests. And number six, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. Um, so which of those do you want to talk about? I mean, some seem really pretty simple, like uh, smile. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be uncomfortable talking about most of them and, and, and knowing that I'm, I'm a hypocrite. The smiling one, not mm-hmm. so much. Uh, that one I've, <laughs> You've got down pretty that well. One I've nailed pretty well. But, uh, but I, I, do, um, I do think it's important that we sort of take one at a time. And, and hopefully as you're listening, you think, OK, I'm going to take just a couple of these and I'm going to really work at being better so that it's not overwhelming. So, so first off, mm-hmm. Ryan, do you know people that are just really good at showing a genu- genuine interest in you? I, I do. I do. You know, I, can, I can picture them immediately because yeah. that how they make me feel. I mean, honestly, I've got we've got Vanessa in the yeah. room doing our yeah. recording. I think yeah. Vanessa is one of those people. I, I, I think be. she's very good at, at, at showing people that that a, a genuine interest in yeah, them. They ask about you and and think about it this way. He uses this example, and this I think is a kind of a funny example. And no, Vanessa, I'm not relating you to a dog, but but think about. <laughs> well, I don't know why, where you're going with this. <laughs> think about why people love their dogs, right? Right. You get within 10 feet, they begin to wag their tail. If you stop and pet them, they'll nearly jump out of their skin to show you how much they like you. Vanessa's blushing over <laughs> there in the corner. She's like, do I do that? No, th- there's no, I mean, think about it with a dog. There are no ulterior motives, right. just genuine interest in seeing you. And sometimes I think a mistake I make is is if it becomes my goal to impress other people and get them interested in me, mm-hmm. then there's sort of a lack of sincerity. I mean, look, and I love dogs, and I, so I, I talk about dog lovers. I don't have a dog because I don't have the stomach to wear a plastic, uh, you know, thing around my hand and pick <laughs> up poop all day following it around. But I do love this idea that that – they just have this genuine interest in you with no ulterior motives. Very sincere. Right? It's very sincere. And and so uh, I, I think we can learn from that and, and just learning about people that are really good at just being genuinely interested in others. Here, here's an interesting test. I, I asked this test of my team once. When you see a group photograph that you are in, whose picture do you look at first? 
<laughs> that, that you're in? Yeah, oh, man, so it's a, a group photograph, no, and you're in that group it's photograph. Your, your, here, mind, <laughs> your mind tends to go straight to yeah. you, and where am I, and how do I look? And, and that's our nature to be interested in ourselves, and we need to fight against that nature and learn to be interested in others and, and show that interest. Okay, so we'll put that one to bed, and, and hopefully at least half of our 20 listeners felt guilty <laughs> uh, knowing that they go to themselves in that photograph. Okay, so now smiling. Okay. Okay. Smile. I get it. Smile. Check. Got it. Smile. Okay. Right. Smile more. Got it. But but there's here's something that's interesting. There's there's a University of Michigan professor that, that said this. Said people who smile tend to manage, teach, and sell more effectively and to raise happier children. There's hmm. far more information in a smile than a frown. That's why encouragement is a much more effective teaching device than punishment. It's really, that's interesting. <laughs> Power in a smile, right? right? I mean, a, that, yeah. and, then, and then one manager said this, said she would rather hire a sales clerk who hadn't finished grade school if he or she had a pleasant smile than to hire a doctor of philosophy with a somber face. That's a, that's a strong statement. Yeah. And, and I, uh, you know, when, when I uh, interview people and, and especially when I was an administrator and would interview people, I would just watch how much they'd smile with me. I'm watching. I, I want to know that they're going to be smiling around these residents. And if they're not smiling with me, they're probably yeah. not going to be smiling with the residents. Yeah, that makes and a ton of sense. I don't know if you remember this. Several years ago, uh, I implemented a, a fun theory contest. And it was, it was built partially on the belief that people rarely succeed at anything unless they have they have fun yeah, doing it. I do it. remember that. Yeah. Right. There were some interesting ideas that pe- getting people, people smiling yeah. and getting them happy and having fun. And then I'll and I'll finish with Abraham Lincoln. He he said this. Uh, he said most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Okay. Right. So so and that you know somebody that that. Uh, you know, historically was was known for being a very sober person, right. but uh, smile more. And and I challenge you. I, I bet your I bet your life will become happier. I, I bet you'll become happier. And and uh, you can call me if I'm wrong. My my phone number is five five five. Everybody, get your pen ready. Four zero 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 three four five. Okay, got call it. Call me if I'm wrong. So uh, so show genuine interest in others um, and and smile more. Yeah. Um, the, I, those the way you spoke about them seemed to make a ton of sense. And yeah. Smiling more is not simple quite as concepts, simple as you thought. Just so. like you just like you said, they're simple concepts, but they're but they're There's powerful. Some if we to them, figure it out. No, they are. So what about the next one? Um, remember a person's. I heard you groan when we when, <laughs> when I brought this one up. Remember a person's name. I can't name. do it. I can't talk about this one. I, I am. Uh, I'm so bad at it. But but I'll talk about what the book says about it <laughs> hypocritically. Look, remembering a person's name makes them feel valued. It it makes them feel important. To say a person's name, I think, is a compliment to yeah. them. It, names. I don't know. I, I think there's something to names. Names are sacred. They're owned by that person. And I, I think there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, a bit of magic when you say somebody's name. I, I uh, I'll tell you this. I, I read the story in the book of a TWA agent, um, uh, an airline agent. You think about mm-hmm. this. If there's ever an excuse to not learn your customer's name, it's an airline yep, steward or stewardess, absolutely. right? That that is just gonna, not going to see these people again. The story is told of a TWA agent who made a point to remember as many passengers' names as possible. Okay. Yet think how amazed that would make those passengers feel. 
right? When this agent learns their names and goes down the aisle instead of saying, you know, can I get you a drink? (laughs) Clay, can I get you a drink? And I'm thinking, that would be be surprising. Yeah, that would be. uh. It's just powerful. But but here's a quote from the book that, again, makes me feel guilty. Says, says, most people don't remember names for the simple reason that they don't take the time and energy necessary to concentrate and repeat and fix names indelibly in their minds. They make excuses for themselves. They are too busy. I I mean, immediately I feel guilty when I when I hear that right. statement being read I that just uh, yeah hits home to me too because if that person is important to me their name should be important to me yeah. and that name is theirs and and I just I think you establish a connection when you use it you are telling them that they are important to you yeah I mean that really just makes a ton of sense to me and and um, you know I always am and always have been impressed when when people remember my name yeah. and like you said it is powerful and does make me feel appreciated and, and special especially if it's in a situation like with the TWA, you know, airline person where I know they're meeting an incredible amount of people and still they can take the time yeah. to learn and remember your name. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the last ones together, uh, being a good listener, making others feel important. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's, it's crucial to learn how to set things aside and pay exclusive attention to whoever is speaking to you. I, I'm mm-hmm. getting better at this. I, I haven't always been great at it. I, I've talked to and we've done podcasts with Chase Gunderson. He's always telling me that, you know, if a CNA walks in, he puts his phone down, he closes his computer, he's he's there with them. Mm. It's just the thought, and, and I like this thought, uh, conceptually in practice, I need to be better. Wherever you are, be there. Like, just just be there. That that can be hard, but but yeah. people know that you care about and love them because when they talk, you stop whatever you're doing and you listen. Yeah. Just imagine if people felt you were eager to hear what they had to say, but we fail to make a favorable impression because we don't listen attentively. Um, I, I think we can all say we prefer good listeners to good talkers, but, uh, good listeners are rare. (laughs) I I didn't know this. Sigmund Freud was, was famous for his concentrated attention. And, and one of his patients, uh, said, you have no idea what it meant to be listened to like that. I thought that was a really interesting statement. You have no idea what it felt or what it meant to me to be listened to like that. So encourage people to talk about themselves and, and their accomplishments. I, I, I was interested when I learned a little bit about uh, uh, Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, said whenever Roosevelt expected a visitor, he sat up late the night before reading up on the subject in which he knew his guest was particularly interested. Hmm. So he would he would spend a lot of time if the person was really into rock collecting or into fishing or he would learn about that so that he had something to talk to them about. Find out what other people are interested in and talk about that. Um, and, and here's the last thing, mm-hmm. too, that I think we need to realize. Everyone we meet is superior to us in some way. I don't care what their job function. I don't care where Mm -hmm. they came from. They are our superiors in some way. And so we should hunger to learn from them and and be really good at, at just learning from everyone. Yeah, that that makes sense, Clay. There's so many things that you've touched on here that that I'm uh, definitely feeling a, a little guilty in in a, <laughs> yeah. in a number number of areas. I'm crawling I can, uh, out of my skin doing this can podcast. Immediately, see, yeah. I need to work on. Um, this has really been great. Um, I, I definitely have have a number of things that I'm going to be taking away from this and working on. Yeah, and I hope everybody just takes one or two and says, "Okay, I want to be better at that. Let's let's get better." And and uh, you know, this is how we can be 
again, going back to this initial statement, relationships precede results. So let's get better at our relationships. That's great. Well, thank you, Clay. This is the, again, everyone, this is the part one of a part three series in how to influence people and make friends. And make friends. <laughs> and how to be friends. popular, right? <laughs> how to be popular. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.